This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Aloha, y'all. This is Daniel Eisenman, the host of the Breaking Normal podcast, where my guests are all invited based on the frequency of synchronicity and all trailblazers and the breaking of all things normal. Aloha, y'all. Welcome to the Breaking Normal podcast, episode 109. And I've got some pretty big announcements. We're about to start breaking normal over here ourselves and shift from doing interviews only in person to some virtually considering the cultural context and because I've had some big opportunities for this podcast. The 110th episode, which will be filmed tomorrow, will be with Drew McManus, the lead singer of one of my favorite bands, Satsang. He recently had uh, my first podcast guest, J.P. Sears, on his podcast, and uh, things went kind of crazy for him. <laughs> Let's just say he's breaking normal now, so I'm excited to have him on the show tomorrow, and I've seen him live in Denver. I mean, it's just like prayers out loud for people to join in on. They're really, really, really good music, and he's a father and a fighter, a fighter for freedom and a fighter for love, and I'm excited to get to know him more. And then... Monday at 11 a.m. for number 111 on the Breaking Normal podcast is Trevor Hall. And then Thursday, oh, actually, did I say that right? Actually, 111 episode might be Jordan and then Trevor Hall. Jordan Bowditch, third appearance on the Breaking Normal podcast. He recently went hunting for Neil Guy, also known as the uh, South Texas Antelope. And those are one of the animals that we were considering procuring organs for, for the tribe vitamins. The tribe vitamin testimonies are pouring in. I got one of the most powerful testimonies last night from my friend. I'm renting her dad's apartment, and you can see his art in the background. And I featured some of the art on uh, my Instagram as I find, find out he does sell them. He sells the original prints, and he sells the, um, the canvas, uh, like canvas prints of the original. So if you're interested in the painting behind me or any of the other paintings you see, just send me a DM and I can connect y'all. Funny enough, I've been here for almost a month as we're figuring out long-term arrangements for school and such. And it turns out um, his daughter sends me a picture of one of his recent paintings. And and it's an elk, which is so peculiar and breaking normal because we just released the elk liver, wild elk liver, um, and the tribe vitamins that you can start microdosing on today. And then she informs me that in his closet, he's been working on a painting he's not too happy about, and he doesn't want me to show it. And guess what it is? It's a freaking bison. And to me, in this dream of life, how I metaphorically take that, we got to get the bison out of the closets, aka off the feedlots, and let our national mammal roam free. It is the original multivitamin, the best multivitamin, is desiccated liver from these animals that are indigenous to this land. I mean, if you think about it, if we took all the fences down, also known as the devil's rope, if you listen to the interview with my bison shaman, what would survive? The cows would not survive. The bison and elk would thrive. They are meant for this land and they are meant for our bodies and we are meant to be in synergy with them and that is now available to be delivered to your doorstep as soon as tomorrow. We'll put those in the mail, put your order in, tribevitamins.com. We have a special going on with a bundle of one bottle month supply of elk liver and one bottle month supply of bison liver. 
And the testimony from my friend's mom, she's been having, it was very interesting. It was very similar to the situation my mom was facing. If you listen to that podcast, it's one of my favorites. That she was having an issue in her gut slash core that was causing her a lot of uneasiness. And after one day of taking the tribe vitamins, she has claimed that has gone away. So I'm not going to claim to know how this adaptogenic medicine exactly works, but I do know it has one of the most potent, powerful combinations of retinol, which is also known as vitamin A, which is great for your hair, skin, nails, and reproductive health. And I can attest to that. My nails have been growing so quickly, it's almost problematic. And funny enough, I went on a walk the other day with, with this moving meeting group we have going on Boulder, and there was an entrepreneur there that had just created a nail clipper for kids to clip their nails safely. And I was like, this is pretty on brand considering how fast my nails have been growing. So I'll, I'll let you know if there's any news on that coming up. And then it's loaded with heme iron, which is that kind of iron that's more bioavailable, that's found in animal flesh, particularly the organs from healthy animals. And that is anyone that's dealing with any sort of anemic issues. And that so happens to be with a lot of women and older women. And that might be one of the reasons why we're getting so many powerful testimonies from mothers. Um, but that's loaded with that. And it has a unique combination of zinc, copper, creatine, and protein which gives the, like this anti-fatigue factor. So people have been definitely, that's one of the most common testimony side effects is a longer lasting stamina and endurance. So this just means so much to me. I'm all in on this. I am, I can't even begin to explain how dynamic and demanding this is. And I don't even know anyone else that could probably be in my shoes and pull this off. So I feel really blessed to have the opportunity. And I'm so blessed for all the testimonies that are pouring in and the people that are getting the products. And we're really just in the beginning phases. We're planning on growing this so much so that maybe next year or the following year, the 90 plus percent bison farmers that take these wild sacred animals to feed lots and supplement them on grain, maybe they'll stop. Maybe they'll see that the demand is high enough through tribe vitamins that we don't need to take them to feed lots. We don't need to give them subsidized grain. They're more valuable without that process, that normal process. So thank y'all for breaking normal and thank y'all for voting with your wallet and uh, because supply meets demand. And right now we're going to start, we're, we're already starting to amplify the demand for bison that are 100% grass fed, grass finished, and not taking to feedlots with grain. And this episode is super important. What I'm about to share with y'all is the potential afterward for breaking normal, titled Breaking the New Normal. It's uh, been a long time coming. I published Breaking Normal originally years ago. And now I think it's time with everything that's going on in 2019 and 2020, it's time to start breaking the new normal. I actually think our culture and our future generations are depending upon it. We've got to uh, stop this slow drip of communism that seems to inevitably be taking over the minds of so many people. But that's what we're about here at Breaking Normal. We're about heart sync over groupthink. And I trust this afterward will inspire you to think outside, not only think outside the box, but start creating your own maybe not boxes, but circles and tribes. And um, I, I really trust this afterward will kind of inspire you to go that direction. And if you have any questions about it or any suggestions or you think there would have been something more valuable to include, go ahead and reach out to me and let me know. Let me know what you think about the afterward. Let me know if you've read Breaking Normal. And um, what I'll do is for the first five people, I'm gonna, this, this feels real good right now. For the first five people from today, that leave a review on the Breaking Normal podcast on iTunes and sends me a screenshot of their review through my email, daniel at breakingnormal.com or my Instagram, Daniel Eisenman. 
I will hook you up with a free month supply of Tribe Vitamins. So that's the first five people. I think today's February 9th. So uh, just send me that review over and we'll make it happen. And I want, I want to keep hearing about the results that you are getting with Tribe Vitamins. I see you, uh, one of my friends, Janae, um, is affirming me on my Instagram Live right now. She's one of the ones that recently got Tribe Vitamins. And she's been doing the uh, Breaking Normal breath work for free on the university section of BreakingNormal.com and has been sharing some of the profound results she's had from that, so much so that she wants to do a retreat. And Janae, I, I have several people that are in your shoes, so maybe we can um, start putting that together. I think it's time to, like you're saying in this comment, we have to stop communism. Yep. Well, we can do that by coming together and the frequency of synchronicity and the vibration of heart sync instead of groupthink. We can disagree. We can disagree about the sea. We're, we can disagree about God, sex, and money, and we can still team up. That's the genius that is being demanded to being unlocked right now. And I trust uh, I'll hear from y'all soon and maybe see you soon. All right, keep breaking normal. And definitely subscribe to the podcast so you're notified when the episodes come out with Drew, Jordan, and Trevor, and whoever else is next on the radar. And if you have someone that you would want me to interview or you've wanted to be interviewed and um, we haven't been able to do it because we have not been in person, I am now shifting that. So feel free to reach out and we'll make it happen. All right, much love, y'all. Keep breaking normal. Peace in. Afterward, breaking the new normal. On the evening of March 14th, 2020, I was at the home of Dr. K in the mountains outside of Boulder, Colorado. It was the day after the United States declared a national state of emergency due to the coronavirus. Dr. K had been to Boulder that morning and he could feel it spreading. Not the virus, the fear. A national emergency? That was the first in my life as far as I knew. I looked at the trees, maybe randomly, maybe out of instinct, watching them sway and move in the wind. Pines and evergreens as tall as the churches they reminded me of and evoking a similar feeling. Hidden in their branches all the way up the mountains were so many birds, hundreds if not thousands, that the sound of their reunion filled the entire valley, repeating and endlessly varied. Whatever else was happening in the world at that moment, life, my immediate experience of it, was so visceral as to cloud out anything by the name of news. More than that, it was what it has increasingly been in the years leading up to and after breaking normal. Amazing, miraculous, dynamic, and demanding, ultimately beyond words. Imagine hiking the same peak every day and each time you got to the top being blown away anew. Every summit is the base of another mountain because of the vistas opened inside. Synchronicities abound, chance meetings so timely they click. And when I listen, ask questions, and report what I'm experiencing, the smallest of things turn into big. Before the book came out, I captured an everyday moment on video. My infant daughter was crying, and in order to help her soothe, I did a loud and powerful OM. It worked instantly. I shared the video like thousands before it, and for some reason, this one went viral. For the next 24 hours, it was viewed a million times per hour. Around the 30-hour mark, I started getting contacted by news organizations. ABC, Today Show, Telemundo, India Today. The video catalyzed so much recognition and resonance so quickly that even the Uber driver I took the next day said to me as I was getting out, See you later, Daddy. I wasn't even with my daughter. Years later, after hundreds of millions of views, that video is still making the rounds. 
Just two days ago, it popped up on my feed. Someone using it to advertise their business without tagging or asking permission. It's not the first time that's happened, only this time it caught my eye because the advertisement was all about the number 11, which the ad's creator claimed to be his master number. Tribe Vitamins, the dietary supplement that, as I'm writing this, I am in the middle of launching, had just been funded on Kickstarter. The goal was $15,000. It not only reached this goal on 11.11 at 11.11 a.m., it exceeded it by 11% at 111% funded. What did these synchronicities mean, if anything? I was laying in bed when I saw the advertisement, filling the time while waiting for Davina to wake. Normally, when people reach out through all the various social media, whether the feedback is positive or negative, I have repeatedly found that the best way to connect with them is not through a carefully worded message, but instead through a video or live call, seeing and allowing ourselves to be seen. It can be highly fun comfortable because it carries the benefit of dispelling a certain kind of fear. In fact, the times it feels most uncomfortable may be the time when the potential for self-expression is greatest. In the case of the advertisement, it wasn't exactly someone reaching out, but the ad's creator obviously liked the video enough to use it in the promotion of his business. As I continued to lay there, I got more and more notifications, people pinging me about the ad's copyright infringement as though it was something I both needed to be aware of and do something about. But what to do? Flag it? Get an attorney? Hire a licensing firm? That seemed to be the advice of the people pinging me. I noticed that as I was getting agitated, energized, activated, so I sat up carefully and pressed record on my phone, seizing the fun, comfortable moment. I made a candid video and sent it to the ad's creator, like a toss into the ether. No expectation, no attachment, only the invitation to start a dialogue. If anyone knows the power of a video, it's me. It is almost absurd how many unique and wonderful things have happened to me because of videos I have made, some privately, some on social media. I secured a lease in Encinitas, California, an amazing house, prime beach property that was highly sought after, and the main reason I was able to cut and line in front of the other applications was by sending a video directly to the owner. I met Elise and Erhard Orvin, actually stayed the night at their house on Christmas Eve 2020 and interviewed them because of a video I sent them. Elise and Erhard are the parents of the two-year-old who refused to wear her mask properly on a United Airlines flight, and to their credit, they refused to force her, which resulted in the whole family being kicked off the flight and possibly banned from the airline. The incident on the plane went viral, and Elise and Erhard were inundated with messages, thousands of them, but mine caught their eye because it was a video, aka breaking normal. Meeting Dr. K was not the result of a video, but it is another example of this divine synchronistic unfolding. Dr. K was someone I'd been trying to make contact with for months because his name kept popping up to my life from multiple acquaintances who recommended I interview him. It was only after I gave up to try to make it happen that it actually did. This is a pattern I've seen so many different places in life that it almost seems a truism. Success at the moment of giving up. Sometime after suspending my search for Dr. K, I got a text from a friend I knew was in Austin who just so happened to be near Boulder. He wanted to know if I could go on a spring water hunt of all things. He sent me the address where I could pick him up and we decided to go that day. As I drove out to get him up the winding road to greater and greater views, I kept getting more curious whose house my friend was at. Then he introduced me to Kieran, or Dr. K as his patients call him. 
I had to wonder as he shook my hand, could any plan of my own devising have put this meeting now at the exact time when the world was experiencing one of the most viral health crisis slash phenomenon recent memory? This was a man of over 40,000 patient visits, a chiropractor whose training included functional medicine, quantum neurology, applied kinesiology, laser therapy, and emotional release to name a few. Exactly the kind of person you might want to talk to on the eve of a pandemic. I asked what the C word meant to him and the world, and in the best ways, his answer surprised me. The earth is a living being. It has organs. It has rivers and tributaries, which are the arteries and veins. It has trees, which are the lungs. If it were a patient on the exam table, we would look at it in places and say that it is sick, perhaps very sick. And we who live in those places would not be unaffected. To see why the earth is sick in places, look what it's exposed to. Pollution, radiation, overconstruction and farming, draining of resources, soil depletion, chemicals, and constant stress. These factors, perpetuated and exacerbated by forces in human society because they are unsustainable, are going to produce symptoms, events, pathologies. The coronavirus, the way it is showing up in our world right now, regardless of the statistics, regardless of the death count or the medicines and supplements you can take, is a virus of fear. It is also an opportunity. When a person is on my exam table because they have something going on and don't know what to do, usually they've already been to other doctors who could not or did not take the time to figure out what was going on. By the time they get to me, they are near the end of their rope. What they need beyond addressing their physical concerns is an epigenetic spark, something within them that clicks, a goal or vision or feeling, and is compelling enough to create change in the way they live. The coronavirus is exposing a lot of the ways in which the planet and the human world we've built upon it is sick. That in itself is an epigenetic spark, an opportunity for planetary immune response where we who are listening to our hearts, who have experienced the magic, can step up and bring our own light while the old systems we took for granted break down. It's a moment we can embrace rather than fear, for humanity to wake up, look at where we are and where we are going, because then it is possible to change. It was a memorable night, which, if you looked at it on the surface, happened by accident. Had been my plan instead of Jaws, I doubt I would be able to include this bonus. A few days later, I did go on the spring water hunt with my friend, and lo and behold, along the way, we met another friend, and synchronicities kept springing. To hear the full conversation, go to the Breaking Normal podcast, the episode titled, Dr. K's Esoteric Edge to Transcend Cultural Chaos. What was strange to me about the coronavirus is that the more I heard about it, the more it sounded like something I had already experienced a few months prior in December 2019. I was going to a gym at the time, and in the recent weeks, I had noticed growing numbers of people there exhibiting flu-like symptoms. Boulder is one of the healthiest cities I've lived in, and I've been to all 50 states. Stephen Cowan, another podcast guest who freeze-dried bison organs for the inaugural batch of Tri-Vitamins, says it's the Silicon Valley of the health food world. So the sneezing and coughing were hard to miss. Before long, I noticed a tickle in my own throat, which lingered into a dry cough. By day three or so, the cough was almost chronic. My head and body began to ache, and I felt feverish all over. Then I took ibuprofen, not advisable for COVID-19, as would later come out. And for whatever ailed me, it had much the same effect. In my desire to escape what I was feeling, I got to feel it even more. Everything got worse. I woke up the morning, the 22nd, feeling so sick and delusional that I could barely get out of bed. It was the first time I could remember staying inside the whole day, not setting foot outside my house. 
It was also the winter solstice, shortest day of the year. That was when I surrendered. I remember thinking, if this sickness means the end of my time in current form, at least relief is close at hand. Relief was close, but my death was merely symbolic. At the park the next day, I would experience the feeling of not getting completely better, but of turning the corner, that moment of grace when you breathe a little deeper and feel a release inside. As I watched my brother and his now wife, who'd flown in from Georgia to help me, play in the sun with Davina, I looked down and noticed the bench I was sitting on and the quote it had inscribed, be here now. Suddenly, I felt a rush of presence and peace and knew that I was going to get better. The quote, in case you're curious, is a famous one from Ram Das, who I later found out had the previous day, December 22nd, taken his final breath on earth. To the best of my knowledge, every coin has two sides and every day has a night, every birth has a death. It is estimated that 108 billion people have lived and walked the earth. If the planet were an airport, there would be around 380,000 human arrivals every day and around 160,000 human departures. For comparison, one of the busiest airports in the world, Denver International, sees in a high volume day around 190,000 travelers. That's a pre-COVID number, of course, and look at how much that has changed. A year ago, it would have been highly taboo to enter a bank or a liquor store while wearing a mask. You could almost expect to get arrested, perhaps violently, by doing so. Today is just the opposite. It seems you can't go anywhere without wearing a mask, and we are continually reminded to practice social distancing as if this were a skill we ought to get good at. And then we're told this is the new normal. But what is normal? Is it that which is so ubiquitous as to go unnoticed? Is it that which is so most common, what most people do most of the time? What people? Those who are alive right now? Are caveman forebears? Or a select group in between? Is it those within a certain age range? Or a certain demographic or political border? Who are you comparing to? Does normal mean natural? Does it mean healthy or good? If you had been born a Christian with blonde hair in Nazi Germany, would you have been normal? In Roman times, it was normal not only to go to crucifixions, but to cheer. What if you were white in 19th century American South? Would you have practiced in the norm of slavery? There are countless examples in history, but what about the present? Today, it is normal to pay people to rape the earth for oil so that we can drive around conveniently and many times unnecessarily. Here's a blessing of COVID. With all the shutdowns, there is less demand, so the earth gets to keep more of its blood. Where I live, when a person is sick, it is normal and recommended that he or she go inside, stay out of the sun, lay in a hospital bed beneath fluorescent lights, breathing recycled air. And why would those hospitals feed their patients the same kind of fast, sugary food that perhaps got them there in the first place? That's normal, right? Food that is likely sprayed with glyphosate, a known carcinogen. Because why spring for organic? Food with ingredients you can't find in any plant, animal, or field? In those same hospitals, it is normal to take baby boys away from their parents at birth in order to cut off one of the most sensitive parts of their body. And what's more, if you don't circumcise or vaccinate at birth, you are likely to raise eyebrows among normal folk and red flags with the system. Speaking of vaccines, it is normal for them to be mandatory. It is normal for them to contain mercury, thermocell, formaldehyde, and aluminum. And those are the ingredients they tell us about. 
I know a breaking normal farmer, John Carroll, who says that in his industry, he is allowed to enhance meat with phosphate water and not put it on the label as long as the weight of the enhancement is less than 10% of the total. Check out the podcast episode titled, Stop Victimizing Yourself to the USDA, Bison versus Beef versus Buffalo. So does that mean when pharmaceutical commercials end their litany of disclaimers and side effects, which is a robot voice read at five times normal speed so we can barely understand, does that mean that it's only part of the list? I wonder. The more I learn about normal hospitals, the pharmaceutical industry, the FDA and USDA, the more it reminds me of a favorite movie, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Another norm worth breaking is the news which we now know is targeted and tailored to individual preferences, designed to polarize and far from 100% truthful. News is everywhere. Bad news spreads faster than good and fake news faster than real, especially when it pays more to be first than it costs to be inaccurate. But even a wrong story retracted leaves traces in the mind. By the time the correction comes out, fake news has already spread. I honestly wonder if the industry the news most closely resembles these days, after the gossip industry, of course, is the divorce industry, which I have also had some experience with. It seems to me we have way too much news, too much information, too much shallow stimulation, too much nonsense being reported in order to meet a daily quota. Regardless of how much or how little happened the previous day, isn't it odd that the newspapers and TV shows are always around the same length? as if they just fill it with content, whatever they think will capture the most eyeballs for the most amount of time. Let me throw something else out there. Whereas the news readily repeats what he said, she said, on a nightly basis to millions of viewers, bees, on the other hand, do not gossip. I have learned that in some species, when the queen bee signals it is time to move the colony, scout bees go out of the hive to look for a new home. When a scout bee returns, everything it has seen and experienced while out of the hive is communicated in full to the group, not with words, but with a method scientists call the waggle dance. What is most pertinent for us is that the other bees, when they hear the scout's report, do not repeat it among themselves, not until they have gone out of the hive themselves and verified with their own highly tuned senses. This economy of information may be an adaptive necessity, Perhaps there is simply not enough room in the hive for every bee to waggle dance something we might call hearsay. Whatever the reason, I can think of no other time in our history where not gossiping was more important. That is, not repeating, not spreading things we have no direct experience with. It is high time our civilization learned from these tiny colonizers, lest our hive mind overheat. Another podcast guest, Bobby Williams, the stunt man and partner of Ernest Hemingway's granddaughter, Marielle, takes it even farther. He says he has never met anyone who believes politicians tell the truth, and yet those same people continue to vote. Most fall somewhere between believing politicians inherently deal in half-truths and distortions for ideological ends, or that, once elected, politicians are gradually forced to it by a media governmental complex. In the face of fake news and the obligation to constantly campaign, what else can they do? But what does it mean to continue to participate in that kind of system, to vote for someone you think who lies or will lie? It means you get what you gave. Energy flows where attention goes, and in this context, energy is money, control, influence. Even the phrasing, pay attention, implies it. 
What Bobby observes is that by giving our attention to something we know is fraudulent, we are complicit in creating a fraudulent world. He asks, what if on election day, no one showed up? I believe that day is coming. It already is part of my reality. Breaking normal these past five years, I have met, lived, and played with, and worked with so many people who are already off the grid in some respect, literally, politically, psychologically, etc. These are people who, while Babylon is falling, know how to bring love, light, and clarity into culture through work, vocation, and family. I would say to you, tune out the static, tune into your heart, the space that beats the heart, and by your example, your waggle dance, help the world and those around you find a new home. A synergistic, serendipitous, graceful, breaking normal lifestyle. Not worrying about whether you fit into the herd. Not climbing anyone else's ladders. Not needing fences for safety or rules from authorities. To live inside out, guided by something bigger, unable to be misled by culture, which is always changing anyways. So is this Armageddon? Is it ascension? Maybe the two are happening simultaneously, and the one you experience is a matter of choice, which life has always been. Daniel Eisenman, beginning of the new year, 2021. P.S. I concluded Breaking Normal with a list of my top 10 health hacks for Breaking Normal, from polar plunging to telling the truth. I would like to add a new one, breathing. Every day, almost for the past few years, I sit down and do three sets of 33 breaths. Deep breaths. Belly, then chest, then head. Fully exhale. Repeat. At the end of my first set, when my last breath is exhaled and the lungs are empty, I relax and hold my breath as long as I can. At the end of the second set, I do the same thing, but this time on full lungs, meaning I don't exhale the final breath. At the end of the third set, this time again with empty lungs, I do as many push-ups as I can. That's part one, yin. Part two, yang, is all about the out-breath. I do three sets of 33 exhalations. That's what I'm counting. Short, full burst out of the nose, rapid enough that the inhale, quick and shallow, happens almost automatically. Literally, is like blowing your nose. At the end of each set, I take a deep breath and hold it while visualizing things for which I'm grateful. If you transcribe the above two paragraphs into a bulleted list of six sets, you would have the essence of the practice down. The whole thing can be completed in 20 minutes. No doubt you will recognize the influence of Wim Hof, Tony Robbins, Laird Hamilton, countless yoga teachers, and most recently, Tara Sheehan, my bison shaman, who took it to a whole new level. She maintains that if everyone in the world started nose breathing, we would all be enlightened. There is a free video on my website in which I demonstrate and delve into more detail. Take from it whatever parts may serve you. I recommend the routine not only for your health, but for your mind and spirit to skyrocket immunity, community, synchronicity, and peace, and perhaps even change the weather wherever these words may find you.